Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 3, Episode 9, with Maddie and Smitty and John Bertracross. Brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network, InsideTheRink.com. Use your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on X at Inside underscore the underscore rink. And download the Inside the Rink app for extensive Bruins coverage. We're watching also on YouTube today. And Smitty... We'll tell you how you can sign up for ESPN Plus. Sure, you can sign up for ESPN Plus by going to the Inside the Rink website. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and sign up today. I have ESPN Plus. I love all the college sports, UFC and NHL hockey. So sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN today so you don't miss any NHL action. One last time, sign up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and you'll be able to see plenty of Mr. John Bruchagross on there. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Pucci, for, for being with us today. Appreciate that little plush shout out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little, little uh, I set that up on a tee for you. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it is a great, it, it's a great service for hockey fans, like you said. I mean, there's sure college is. hockey every weekend and, of course, every NHL game um, as well. So, yeah, I, 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 get, I pay for it, actually. We get They give it to us for free, but I actually started paying for it a long time ago, and I actually still do. So, yeah, it's great. Actually, um, yeah. Uh, so I hear you like the Salt Lake City uh, uh, airport there. <laughs> Terrific airport. Yeah. Terrific airport. Yeah, I connected there. did the Sharks game, uh, yeah. Sharks and um, Panthers. And so you yeah, had to go through Salt Lake City before back to Logan. And uh, it's a mm. terrific smells, you know, that new car smell airport. <laughs> right. right. And Delta had those flip monitors. That was a clutch Be- little thing. I love that. Yeah, you walk down, yeah, you walk down the terminal. You, you don't have to walk and peek at all the, the, you know, it's right there as like, like, like they're flags. Right. So you can see your, your gate number and your city. Because, you know, is it 841? You, you want to keep right. looking at your app. So yeah, it's right sure. there for I just go to Boston, follow Boston, and I'll get back to Boston. That's great. Great, great feature there. All right. Uh, Seven Chirps uh, is sponsored by Lops Brewing and Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. Brian Boucher and Brian Burrard. Right. Both of them. Yes. From from the Woonsocket area. Yes. And um, you can go to uh, lopsbrewing.com. Uh, and use the coupon code sports and also follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. Chirp number one, Elliot Friedman uh, says that he wouldn't be surprised at all if Boston tries to get a deal done with Jeremy Swayman because he's on a one-year deal and he can stand on, extend on a January 1st. How do you think the Bruins should handle the goaltending situation going forward? Yeah, I think, well, I think Swayman's going to be the guy, obviously, long-term. Um, I'm not sure. Obviously, the cap is going up, so maybe you're, you know, and then you're, you're, old thinking goaltending cap number can go up. Um, you know, the market for, go- for goalies seems to be going down in terms of contract and because of, uh, and just overall value. Cause I think they realize they want two instead of one, instead of one, $8 million guy they'd rather have two, five, five million you know, dollar guys, not an eight and a two, right. Or a nine right. and a one. In right. terms of Vasilevsky, that's what the, that's what the Lightning have. They got a nine million dollar goalie and a one million dollar goalie. So mm-hmm. now he's an LTIR now, so it doesn't matter once he comes back. So I think that's kind of the future right now. That seems to be the trend where no one's playing, you know, no one's playing 60, 65 games. So hey, we're going to pay you to play half the year. You're not going to get a certain number. Now that can be obviously once you become a UFA, you have all the leverage. But yeah, I I, I imagine you know they'd love to to get Swayman at a number, whether that's six. 
something like that. And as many years as that he'll give them, they'll probably take at his age. So, uh, but yeah, that, that makes sense. I think going forward, if they had to trade Allmark going forward in the future, cause he'll have some value and, um, and they don't want it. And they feel like that goaltending number is getting too big and they have people in the minors coming up, then they could possibly look to move him if they need help elsewhere. Okay. Sharp number two. Where will Patrick Kane end up? There's been some ramblings about Toronto, but aren't there always ramblings about Toronto whenever, whenever a yeah, big-name exactly. free agent comes up? <laughs> I don't see him going there at all. I don't think it's a good fit. Um, I think he'd rather play in America, quite frankly, being the USA-born Patriot that he is. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think there's many homes for him. Obviously, we don't know what his game will look like. He's a huge defensive liability. Um, mm-hmm. You don't get any defense out of him. So if you're a well-structured team who likes a lot of defense, maybe there's always a couple guys you can always kind of look the other way a little bit. Um, but, you know, his, his, his defense and his speed isn't quite what it was. I always thought Colorado would be a good fit because of all that speed and skill around him. You know, people mentioned Dallas, and I get it. Um, um, yeah, that's a team that certainly could win the Stanley Cup, but they're already an older team as it is. He's, he's not going to help their team speed in an up and down, you know, high frenetic playoff game. He could get lost in that kind of situation, as could some of those stars players, quite frankly. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it needs to, and people talk about he wants to go to win, and that, you guys got three cups. Like, I, yeah, right. I'm surprised. I don't, this, is, this is a Ray Bork looking for his first cup here. Right. He, he's not that desperate. So I would think he'd want to go to a place that just he wants to live, that he thinks he can have fun at, that his family's comfortable. Because, like, when you get Patrick Kane, you get the whole family. You know, not just the wife and kids. You get dad. You get all kinds of stuff coming with Patrick Kane. So that's got to be comfortable for Patrick Kane. And we'll someone give them a two-year deal so he's good for next year. Um, so I think it's – I would think it would be more than just winning for Patrick Kane. Uh, and Buffalo has been in the news there. And, you know, we saw Buffalo course, last yeah. night against Boston and uh, they could use some defensive help, I think, but it would help certainly yeah. help Thompson uh, to have someone like Kane. And see, Patrick Kane's an American legend. He might be the greatest so far American born player of all time. He's going to lift everybody. They're going to be like, wow, Patrick Kane's here. That's going to be valuable to anybody and especially a young team like Buffalo, but they're, they're so far removed from, I think even making the playoffs, much less winning the playoff round. Sure. I, I don't, you know, I, I, a lot of people thought they'd make that jump this year. I, I just wasn't ready yet for that jump yet. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, Cause I would love to see him go back to his hometown in the, in the city of Buffalo, but I'm not sure now if that's the fit. Right. Uh, trip three, you tweeted recently that the Bruins still needed a center, a center short. Um, is that something that would be their downfall or, you know, as I guess at the, in the end of the day, I, you know, Potra has been good, but there's also that sort of being, you know, young and slight and maybe, uh, you know, running out of some gas uh, yeah. down the road. So, you know, who, who could it be that they could get or target? Even. Yeah, I just see them. You know, if you're a Bruins fan, and especially after the start that they're off, um, you're not thinking in terms of you know how good we are in a regular season mindset. Is can we win a playoff series? Can we win two playoff series? And if you know Coyle, Zaka, and Patra down the middle, that's that's not going to get it done. I mean. I don't know if that's going to win a playoff series, really. Uh, Patra against Montreal and I just looked a little overwhelmed. You know, that was a high frenetic road game. That team's not even that good, Montreal. And he, was, he seemed kind of lost. They had, had to turn over on the overtime goal. So, I, yeah, I just think they really need another guy so they can slot everybody down or kind of move them around as they see fit. I mean, Charlie Coyle might have a career year, which is awesome for him. Sure. He's re- that, that, that's one of Don Sweeney's best trades that he made. What a great acquisition. Well, 
And uh, so, yeah, I just would like them see to see get them you know get, get a real adult centerman uh, who can come in and really help them win a playoff series or two or three. Like you never know. And the, mm-hmm. the East is wide open. Sure. Some some team gets knocked off early or an injury here, and then and they're less when they are, and you're more whole after a trade and young guys coming up. So uh, it's there for them. So I think they're going to take this seriously. I think they'll trade future assets because again they're still kind of a win now team a little bit, not too not not as desperate as last year. But still a little bit because uh, anytime you got to have a chance, you got to go for it. So, and a lot of these draft picks are starting to work out. Bruins got killed for their development and their draft and development. But you just go back each class. There's at least one person who's making a contribution. Going back to Swayman, right, and going back to Frederick, mm-hmm. and you know the the, the Coyle trade. But you know Beecher, you know, I think he's a long term fourth liner, but still he's playing. And then Potter as well, who certainly has a future as a two or three centerman. Um, so mm-hmm. overall, you know they're they're there. So I, I think they'll be fishing around for for that hmm. Hmm. interesting uh all right chirp number four what do you think about the situation in, in edmonton and can they turn it around or are they going to have a major roster shakeup before the trade deadline yeah well obviously they would give it another month um for sure obviously we all bruins fans know the best that st louis was the worst team in the league in february and they still won the cup so we're, we're, we're only in november so we certainly have a long way to go um but you know certainly we'll these next six weeks heading up to january 1st we'll have to see where they are are they five points back are they four points back are they 12 points back and and then it's like all right we'll give it a few more weeks but obviously dry settles up after next year so his this is like extender trade summer for him, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're going to say, all right, well, the offers aren't that good. So we're just going to roll with them, let them walk, because, you know, mm-hmm. when you do let a guy walk, you don't lose him for nothing. You gain $10 million of cap space, which you'll, <laughs> which you'll fill with players. So that, mm-hmm. that, old, you know, that old adage of losing someone for nothing, that's gone now. That doesn't really mean much anymore. And and now, now in Canada, it's tougher. Like when Calgary lost Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau for nothing, um, then I guess that does sting. It's not, it doesn't look good for a GM. But then they can extend their own people. They can bring new people in. They sign that. Mm-hmm. So you still can do things when you lose a guy. You know, you're not really losing him for nothing. So why not sometimes I would use their services in that last year and try to win with him and then let him walk. So sometimes that's better than trading them for two number ones and a prospect in, you know, in Sweden that no one's ever heard of yet. So, um, but so, so they have time for sure. They have time, the new coach um, so far, so good. And we'll see. Um, and yeah, my, my guess is they'll write the ship. They'll be close enough and they, and they'll only add at a deadline and trade their number one pick and look to add, as opposed to doing something huge with Leon Dreisaitl. Is, is their defense kind of like a fatal flaw, kind of like Toronto though, where they, it just, you know, they, they've, kind of overlooked that side of the of the of the team for a long long enough time that they really can't you know recover from that in yeah, you know they, midseason they, they can't yeah they can't move the puck obviously darnell nurse is a four million dollar defenseman he's not a nine million dollar right Right. But they, they blinked when he threatened to leave, and that's what you can do at Edmonton in some of these markets because they know that the, it's not a player-friendly market for 80% of the league. So right. they had him. You, know, you have to overpay to keep them. You know, some Columbus has to overpay to keep people, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, some cities are like that. That, that, was, that could change. That could evolve. But, yeah, so their defense is not good. They don't move the puck well at all. The goaltending has been brutal. It's been better the last two games for whatever reason, but it was brutal. And, um, and the bottom six doesn't score, you know. 
and and that, that that's been really you know the team like the Bruins, even going back you know to the the Thornton days and the Cup years, you having that fourth line that could actually pop some goals in, like Ryan Lomberg of of the Florida Panthers had twelve goals last year. He had one last night for them. So you know, you get some bottom six guys pumping in twelve goals, thirteen, mm-hmm. and consider you know people think I saw a lot of lot lot of goals, but they're only playing nine minutes a night. So that's really yeah. that's a pretty good rate. Yeah. So that's what Evans says: no bottom six scoring. The defense can't move or move the puck at all. Very little skill back there, and the goalies are eh. So right. you know, they do not look like a Stanley Cup team at all. Right, and uh, chirp five. Uh, should should Carolina be able to use the Hartford Whalers jerseys at all? Not really a connection and uh, the throwback, considering the way they left Hartford too. And we miss the Whalers. I yeah. mean, I, Smitty would go to Whalers games. I mean, this is. You know, it, it was a great little barn. It was a great little experience, especially when they played the Bruins and they filled the place. Yeah, I, I, I took the drive down to Hartford here like in 89 or 90 when they were in a playoff series down to Hartford and, and, and watched the Bruins-Whalers game. And yeah. it's a beautiful jersey, a beautiful jersey. Um, you know, the, obviously Peter Carmanos, who moved them from Hartford uh, to North Carolina, no longer the owner. So I guess that's one out why you can use that. It wasn't my fault. I didn't move it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and they look great. So, um, yeah, I'm surprised that the Carolina people would actually allow that. That, you know, because they know how much love that jersey has and how much love the Whalers still get. You wouldn't you think they'd be offended by that. Maybe some Southern hospitality. I don't know, but I'm okay with it. I've seen all over Twitter the kinetic people are up in arms over that thing. They're like, they hate it. Oh, they hate it with a fashion. It still hurts. No, yeah. They feel spurned. Yeah, absolutely. 27 years. Yeah, I was hired at ESPN in October. That was the beginning of their last year in Hartford. Okay. In 95. That 96, 97 season. So, mm. yeah, I, I know all those people became friends with them and <laughs> the local business people. Yeah, it still hurts. And then, of course, almost got the Patriots, and that was the whoops play action. <laughs> <laughs> so that probably made the Whalers. That, tough time. That, yeah. that, that, that would have made up for the Whalers. And they, look at us. We got the Patriots. Yeah. We're, uh, we're fine. Keep your hockey yeah. team. Yeah. And then they went. Yeah. And the Whalers the Whaler just opened up again. <laughs> Wow. All right. Tweet number six. Uh, you tweeted that you went back and looked at all the previous drafts that you believe the top three of this year's draft class, Bedard, Carlson, and Font- uh, Fantilli, will beat them all uh, for production and career impact. That is a pretty bold prediction from you. Uh, yeah, two, the 2015 draft might have taken uh, the crown if uh, Dylan Strom and, and Mitch Marner had switched places possibly. But uh, it's kind of like a, a hit three-song run on an album. You know, you don't get a lot of uh, Thriller with Beat It, Billy Jean, you know, Thriller, Beat It, Billy Jean, back to back to back. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it's funny you say that. I, I, when I wrote my hockey column for ESPN.com about, um, I wrote that from 01 to 2017. About 2007 or 8, I, I kind of proposed that once about the natural hat trick of songs in an album. You know, yeah. my, my, my example was uh, jo- Joshua Tree, U2. Oh, oh, I love, oh, well, yeah. Uh, Red, yeah. Red, Red Hill Mining Town, Bold the Blue Sky, and Riding the Sand Still. Yeah. Those mm. are my three. That's my ultimate hat trick mm. of songs. I'm with you. Yeah, so uh, that was a wild Friday night going back for every NHL draft there and then for, right. and seeing some of the top three picks. That was crazy. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like I said, there's some with two. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, Vetchkin yeah. Malkin might be the best, might be, Probably, might be the yeah. best one two of all sure. time. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, there's some two and almost, two and almost, and one, two, and four. But in terms of one, two, three, I think these guys are all Hall of Famers. Um, I think they're all going to play a thousand games, get a thousand points, and Bedard's going to get 700 goals, and Carlson's going to might be a better player than Kopitar all around. And uh, Fantilli reminds me of actually Messier, just a, mm-hmm. just a bull, you know, who can shoot and just plays fast and passionately and just kind of like, you know, 
kind of like that guy. And um, is, I think he's a leader. I would, I would give, I would make that team and his image and likeness going forward. Now I'd make him captain mm-hmm. in two years. It's all around Adam Fantilli. He's our son and, uh, and everything goes around him. And so mm-hmm. that I, I really, you know, I think they'll trade Johnny Gaudreau as soon as they can. If any, if anybody wants him, if he creates any value without having to eat anything. So I think it's all Adam Fantilli going forward. It's all Bedard going forward. Carlson has more of a buffer around him, but again, he, he's a man already. So yeah, I, I think that'll go down uh, unless it's, you know, broken. And again, some of these past years are, it's a little early um, these last two, three years, but yeah. no one came right out of the gate. If you don't come right out of the gate. Now some guys come on late later, like we see Marty mm-hmm. Natchez come out later in Carolina, but he's not going to be sure. a super, super duper star. He's going to be a really right. good player yeah. for the next seven years. Right. Right. Now, how about, speaking of one, two, three, how about the Hughes boys is maybe being the best wow. hockey family ever? How about that? Yeah, you for sure. I mean, I, I, again, all three have Hall of Fame, real Hall of Fame probabilities, you know, um, that kind of talent for sure. Um, it's amazing. Can you imagine having one son make the NHL right. and then have two and then have three right. and then they're all In that high good? Level. Yeah. Right. It's just unbelievable. It's just, right. it's just unbelievable. And, uh, right. And obviously, talent's important, but it does show you the importance of, of, of culture and how you're brought up and how you're coached and how you're in and everything. And uh, but yeah, in terms of how they move and how they skate, that's obviously a physical gift. Um, mm. You can develop it a little bit, but yeah, they, they're an absolute wonder. And I'm sure mom, I'm sure mom, because she runs that family. Um, mm. I'm sure her goal is to have all three boys play together. Yeah. Somehow, I mean, they yeah, usually the other brother is quit. Right. Yeah. Usually the other brother isn't like we were just, we were teasing about the primos and Wayne Primo was like the wrong primo <laughs> in the Thornton trade. You know, right. Yeah. This one. Yeah. You can't lose Vinny Hughes in that family. No, sure. no, but no, for sure. But what we forget, you know, at some point Quinn's going to become like a man. He's going to be the captain for seven years in Vancouver. And then he's going to start calling his own shots. I'm sure, sure right now, mom was like, I got to make this happen as soon as I can, because eventually right. they're going to do what they want to do as they should. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, but now, now that Quinn's the cat, the captain in Vancouver. And so he's going to have a long run there for a while, but again, the, he's still, he's going to be a young man when he's a UFA next. And sure. um, so it still right. could happen when they do it on the same team. Right. Uh, all right. And trip seven, is there a sneaky good NHL city for chicken parm? Everyone expects it to be New York, maybe Boston, but where, where do you like it the best? Well, that, that's the beauty of chicken parm. There's nothing sneaky about it. <laughs> it's always on, like Donkey Kong. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's simple. It's easy to make. It, it's dependable. Like, you know, the whole point is when you're really hungry and it's more important, you don't want to experiment when you're hungry. You just want to make sure you get satiated. You need mm. something that's between the tackles, no flea flickers on the menus, yeah, three right. yards in a cloud of dust. I need to right. make sure I get, I don't want, because I get angry when I get hungry. So I, I got to mm. get the anger out of me. So a chicken mm. parm is always going to be pretty solid choice right. always good sometimes amazing not usually terrible so you get it you're playing right. you're playing the analytics speaking it's, it's a solid meal for dinner so it's tough mm. to mess up you know a chicken cutlet mozzarella a piece of cheese mm. you know that's right. it's tough to mess that up and of course right. pasta is just sugar which we love so right yeah. that. so you're talking yeah, about agree with your your you know smaller portion of penne or whatever it is like yeah. don't get over the top with the pasta no. you know you gotta have more pasta 
instead of then carb, more protein than carb. Now, if you want to go back for a second batch, I'm all for that. Sure. Uh, sometimes you just want to keep housing it. But yeah, let's, <laughs> there is a presentation and arti- an, an artisticness <laughs> to it, an artistry uh, sure. when you have your presentation. But yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it, uh, but yeah, it, it's hard. I had like, some good chicken farm in San Jose. I've had obviously mm. great chicken farm in the North End. Ray, oh, yeah. Ray, Bork, Ray Bork's place at Tresca has a oh, wonderful Tresca, so yes. chop. You can just oh, beat yeah. someone with that thing. So <laughs> good heavy. Like, uh, yeah. You can't lose. No. Um, and before we let you go, who wins the bean pot this year? Should be a good one. Yeah, it should be outstanding, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, Harvard might be down a little bit. Northeastern might be down a little bit. It probably be, could be back to the old BC, you know, BU mm. thing where it was forever. Um, right. I'd, I'd probably I'd probably lean towards BU right now. I think they're going to continue mm. to kind of come together with last year's guys who were good, and then this mm. be the new additions this year, and then they'll kind of come together. But certainly Boston mm. College is loaded. And if, the, if somebody gets hot at the right time, yeah. Will Smith, the future Shark, and, um, and Leonard and, and Perot, it's going to be fun. Uh, I'll be watching for sure. Right. And uh, Butchie, we, we really appreciate having you on. It's always good to talk with you. Have a great holiday. Enjoy the Thank hockey. You. I'll be down here in Plymouth <laughs> with, with mom, Turkey Day and Christmas. Yes. All right. Oh, nice. Very nice. Enjoy your holiday. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having Thanks me. So appreciate it. All right. You got it. Anytime. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, all right. That's Sean Butcher Gross from ESPN. Uh, always good to talk to Butchie. Uh, he's got the chicken parm. And that's uh, something I absolutely love. Oh, me and too. You do too. Jeez. I mean, it's, and he's right about the chicken parm. Like, even bad chicken parm is good. It's like pizza, baby. You know yeah. what I mean? It's even bad chicken parm is okay. Yeah. You know chicken parm's like a really good, like a really good third line center, 200 foot game, you know, yeah. wins 50, yeah. 55%, 60% of the draws. Like, it's always right there. It's always dependable. Yeah. It's dependable, yeah. always doing the right things, treating you the right way. It's good yeah. stuff. God damn it. I yeah. love chicken parm. I really do. Yeah. Do, do you know what else treats you the right way? Hey, Nesson 360. <laughs> do, they, the right do, way. do they? They don't try to pork you? That's not what they well, do? They are now. Oh. They are treating you the right way now because for just $1, you can get the first month of Nesson 360 and start streaming the bees and annual season. Yeah, they're trying to suck you in is all. They're trying oh to suck God. you in. Do you don't think they've you don't think they've you don't think they've seen the error of their ways, do you? The the like uh we're gonna charge you three hundred and sixty dollars a year. You don't think they've seen the error? A, you don't think I they've don't seen know. the error of that? Like no, you can get you can get a, this is like the gym. This is like signing up for the gym in January. <laughs> like they hook you in for a buck. <laughs> yeah. And then your fat ass isn't coming back in February, but you're gonna let it ride, right. let it roll. Yeah. You can't you don't have the balls to to cancel, to cancel it, gym. yeah. No. New Year's resolution. So what it's like? <laughs> Nesson yeah. three sixty, right? Yeah. It's early, early Black Friday deal. Right yeah, they're trying to Nesson rope you in, <laughs> trying to rope you in, and then they'll hope you forget that it goes up to forty thousand dollars a month after that. Right. I'll tell you what. If it wasn't for the Bruins and potentially the Red Sox, a dollar would still be a stress for some of that programming. <laughs> really, like, seriously, holy moly! Like, well, you, yeah, you're not, you're not, uh, yeah, you're not up on the dining playbook. You don't watch oh, that. My God, Charlie Moore. I mean, is he still on that? Thing? He, I think he is. Now his kid fishes though. Now his kid's doing a. Sh- now his kid has a show too. Charlie Moore's kid has a show too. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He's like uh, I don't even know what he's doing, driving around. This guy in the world yeah. was with Charlie Moore. Oh my God! So you're right, my Lord Almighty. Um, but yeah, the programming is uh, less than beatums. How about how about the Penguins broadcast having the same, the same like scorecards and stuff, same little scores up in the top? It's the same exact thing as Nesson. Is like it the graphics and everything? Really, the same exact thing as Nesson. Yeah, same exact thing. Yeah, it's probably produced by so the, the same guys. Probably I'm sure. The- 
They're probably all sitting in one. They're probably all sitting in one truck, just doing two games at once. I tell you, there there probably will be a mistake at some point, and they'll put like in a Bruins game, they'll put like the Penguins winning, you know, two to one over somebody else, and you'll be like, oh, okay, there it is. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of Nesson's product, but hey. You can get it for a buck uh, for the first month, so go ahead and do that. I'd rather I'd rather have the ESPN Plus. Myself. Oh yeah, you can get Bucky, you can get all sorts of stuff. Uh, all right, rapid review right now for last week, and it was November the ninth versus the Islanders, a forty-two win. This was Charlie Coyle's night, four-point night, including his first career hat trick. He gets goal one hundred fifty point four hundred. And the second on the power play, Frederick with a goal and assist. James Van Riemsdyk, who's been real sneaky good with two helpers, including a six-seventh career point on the assist to Frederick. Uh, Pasternak had a three-point uh, three night with a goal and two assists. Marsha had a couple of apples. It was Swayman with some big saves, and the Bruins ice it with an empty netter by Coyle for the hat trick, and it was a good win against the Islanders. It was a good win against the Islanders and, and a good win overall. A lot of great performances in this one, but it really highlighted by that Coyle, Frederick, JVR line who were, who were awesome mm-hmm. all night long, you know, uh, multi-point games for, for uh, Coyle and and uh, JVR and, and Freddie, all of them with multi-point games. So uh, they kind of carried it in that one, and uh, Swayman was really good overall. So, um, yeah, I mean, a, a nice win against, uh, you know, a pretty tough, you know, rugged Islander team. Yeah, absolutely. And a team that they've had, you know, some some issues with in the past and sometimes their style can can get, uh, you know, under the Bruins skin. But Bruins came out with a pretty good offensive effort that night. Then on November 11th, rivalry reborn. And the uh, Montreal Canadiens in Montreal, a three to two loss in overtime, an absolute travesty. Uh, the the officiating, the whole the whole atmosphere, in, in the play of the Bruins. I mean, let's not discount the fact that they weren't very good in this game and still had a chance to win. Uh, but it was a game, though I think that was needed for this rivalry, and it was uh, as Butchie said, it was a really good, tough atmosphere against a team. It's not great. But it was back to the old days of the Montreal atmosphere and the you know the old forum days and getting screwed and the whole thing and the whole thing just sort of came rushing back. Yeah, it, that's it is kind of what you need for some of the guys that haven't been here and experienced that. It's nice to not nice to lose, but it's nice to get those guys kind of acclimated to that environment. Some of the new guys, Beecher and and Steen and and Patra that haven't really experienced that to go up there and have to play in that, you know, atmosphere and that condition uh, against, um, you know, a team that's, you know, hungry and trying to, you know, find their way under Marty St. Louis and, and a new general manager up there. The, um, so uh, it, it was a, it was what you kind of wanted, you know, you get the, the rivalry back Montreal, you know, the, the officials were awful, you know, screwing the Bruins out of goals and calling goals back and, you know, all kinds of uh, scrums and, you know, Gallagher getting away with shit. And uh, so, you know, that's that's what we want out of a Boston Montreal game. And and uh, we'll get another one this coming Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. We will. You know, on November the 14th at Buffalo, Bruins continue the dominance of the Sabres. They won 10 of 11 against them. A great start. 
uh, three nothing after one. Bruins had their legs early after the bag skate practice from Monty, where he sensed the team was tired, uh, maybe even a little bit of a punishment for some maybe some late night uh, shenanigans before the Montreal game. And they mm-hmm. come in and they're ready to play. Four guys with their first goals of the season: Danton Heinen, Brandon, Brandon Carlo, Oscar Steen with a snipe in Hampus Lindholm. Uh, Patra snapped his pointless streak early in the game. McAvoy's been a stud. Two assists in this one. Five-game point streak. Two, six, and eight during that uh, five-game point streak. Pasternak with three points again, including his 11th goal. And Pavel Zaka quietly getting it done with two two assists. Twelve points in 15 games so far. Lena Solmark was great as usual, and the Bruins get a bounce back win. They've beaten... The Sabres, the last three games, 18 to 3 in the last three games against the Sabre team that lost Thompson early. Then he tried to come back. Now he's out for a significant amount of time. That's a big, big loss for them. And now they drop under 500. And Butchie wasn't so surprised, but I am kind of surprised at their, uh, you know, sort of disappointing start. Yeah, I thought they would be a little bit better than this. Um, uh, I thought that, um, you know, they, they have a lot of young forwards who, who played really well last year. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, reading their own press clippings kind of a thing where they kind of get big heads and they're like, oh, yeah, we're pretty good. Um, but their defense isn't great. You know, outside of Rasmus Dahlin, I thought Owen Power looked terrible in that game. Yeah. Uh, makes a lot of poor decisions with the puck. Um, so, um, and they gave him a huge extension already, which you know, hopefully for them turns out okay. But if he continues to play uh, more like this guy and not like, you know, the stud they hope he becomes, they're in big trouble because they they gave him a lot of money and it's going to be tough to get out of that contract if he's, if he's you know, not playing as well as, uh, as he would hope and they would hope. So, um, yeah, it, it, it is a little bit surprising, but I, their defense really isn't as good as... Um, you know, you would hope for their sake. And then uh, I thought Devin Levi would be better, but it, I think some of that is the defense in front of him and them kind of running him out there every single night. Uh, you know, the other Uka Pekalukanen mm-hmm. doesn't see a ton of time. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Levi might be, uh, you know, kind of mentally drained there too, just mm-hmm. running him out there uh, all the time. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit of a disappointing start for, for the Sabres, but, it, you know, it was certainly a, a good time for the Bruins to go up there, seeing the way the Bruins have dominated them recently. Absolutely. Uh, all right. DraftKings Sportsbook is Boston's hometown sportsbook, and it's live right here in Massachusetts and also now in Maine. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for a DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use. Now that mobile spets, mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts and in Maine. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're a loved one experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in mass, eligibility restrictions apply, Subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required, bonus issued as free bets, terms at DraftKings.com slash MA. And the beauty for this week 
is none other than Weymouth's own Charlie Coyle. This will teach those filthy bastards who's lovable. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Uh, Charlie Coyle is lovable as all get out as he gets the four-point night, first career hat trick, uh, milestones galore in this one. I'll tell you, Coyle has really stepped up. At 31 years old, I didn't really think he had it in him. I really didn't. But he 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 did it, and he's doing it now, and he's adding some more offensive production. He's on a pace for 60-some-odd points, the best of his career at his age right now, and that's just a much-needed development for the Bruins. It may not be enough in the grand scheme of things. may need another center, is what you were saying, but, man, Charlie Coyle has done his part. Yeah, I think Coyle and Zaka both, you know, you were looking for them to step up with the absence of Bergeron and Krejci. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I, th- I believe they both have 15 games played and 12 points apiece. So, I mean, that's a really good pace for both of those guys. I think it probably is career high in points for both of those guys. Zaka mm-hmm. might be close, but, um, you know, you're looking for those guys to kind of step their game up. And, and they really have, you know, to this point in the season, um, been, you know, exactly what the Bruins have needed you know, uh, through the middle, through the center position. Right. Absolutely. And now we'll move on to a bender, and it's no surprise, ladies and gentlemen, it is your Montreal Canadiens. I'm a bender. Worst team in the league, right? I mean, that's what we had them last year. I mean, they went down on the Bruins benders power rankings. Yeah, I mean, they've been the worst team in the league uh, as far as we're concerned for, uh, you know, since we were watching hockey, since we started watching hockey. (laughs) Right. Uh, So we can rank them 32nd on every single uh, list, and that's where they'll remain. But, you know, it was good to see the, you know, the vitriol back and the, you know, the whole thing back up there that's what we want the rivalry to be it's no fun when one team's good and the other team's lousy because it just you know it kind of uh takes some luster off the rival you want them both teams to be good or, or competitive at least and and the Bruins winning of course but you want you want that to be a you know a heated a heartfelt rivalry from both sides where they don't really like each other and and get after it on the ice well, it's been almost 10 years since the playoff series between the two. That's when you really need it. I mean, you really need that thing. Yeah. Uh, but last, but that uh, Saturday night uh, was the typical, you know, shady officiating. The whole experience was just, you know, the comeback and the crowd and um, sort of the whole thing. And, and it was just one of those almost brought you back to the forum kind of jinx where at the end of the night they win it. Uh, something named Caden Gooley gets a goal and, and it's, uh, you know, they lose, they lose it three to two in overtime, a game they didn't play very well, the Bruins at all, probably their worst effort of the year, really. Uh, and still Montreal needed overtime, but this sets up a really good contest on Saturday night. I think the Bruins will be ready. Uh, and I think the crowd will be ready. And I think we're back to at least Montreal being relevant again. And, uh, I think that's good for the league. I think it's most certainly good for, the Bruins and Canadians organizations. They need that rivalry back and strong uh, going forward. Uh, All right. So Bender's poll time. We had three polls this week. One poll uh, was this one, probably the most important. Uh, what is your Dunkin' Donuts order? Uh, in the, in the uh, choices were iced all year, iced coffee all year, or hot in the winter, iced in the summer, or whatever I feel like, or Starbucks, Blasphemy. Yes. Uh, and here it was. 
Uh, Starbucks was at 6%. Nice job, everybody. Uh, 14% was hot in the winter, ice in the summer, which I found interesting. Uh, and then 23% was whatever I feel like. 57%, people going iced all year, 87 votes. That's New Englanders for you right there, iced all yeah, year. Iced. I can't do it, though. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a hot in the winter, yeah. cold in the summer guy. I'm a hot in the winter, iced in the summer. That's me. I, I am too. And, and for me, it has, if iced, I, I need it to be like 80 degrees or above. Like I need it to be, I need it to be a thirst quenching situation. Cause I don't oh. really love coffee. Like I like, I drink coffee every day, but I don't really like the taste of coffee. So the double brew, like I got to get it like an ice cream. I got to get it with tons of cream and sugar and okay. it's got to be cold and the whole thing. Yeah. So you're, uh, you're I'm really looking surprised. for like a frap or something. You want it to be like, yeah, I'm a, looking for a frap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. for a frap. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking for coffee, ice cream melted. In a cup. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Uh, all right. And the second uh, poll was, should the Bruins acquire Nikita Zadarov, who has been asked to be traded from the Flames, 28-year-old, impending UFA, making $3.75 million. He's 6'6", 250, has some snarl and nastiness. That's something we thought the Bruins could use, mm -hmm. uh, and they sure can. Uh, so it was, yes, a rental, yes, extend him, or no, and no one out at 58%. There were 233 votes. Yes, extend him 24%. Yes, rental 18%. So most, uh, almost 60% said no on Zadarov. Yeah, I think I would be out too, just because I don't, I don't know if I would want to give up what it would take to get him. And he's, he makes, you know, more than Forbert does. And he's, right. He's better than Forbert, but not a lot better than Forbert. So, you know, for the upgrade and uh, in physicality, maybe yes. I don't know. I, I it's just not as as big of a an upgrade for me to to take the jump there and and give up an asset to bring him in. So I would be a no on that as well. But uh, you know, I I still think they could use a guy like him. But um, you know, that, I I thought that should have been really addressed more in the off season than than during the mm -hmm. season now. Yeah, I mean, I, I am too, just because I see him as a third pair yeah. on this team. Like, I don't put him with Carlo. I mean, I just, right. I mean, I see him as a third pair. So, you know, what's he going to be making next year? He makes three, seven, five now. I mean, you're not going to pay a third pair guy four, five million, whatever it is. Yeah, it's, that's how much he's going to look for. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, I guess a rental, but again, like you said, not a huge upgrade from Forbort. I mean, I like the nastiness and the snarl a little bit, but you can get snarl from a, a million and a half guy. Can't you? Yeah, I would <laughs> think. I, mean, I would hope so. Pay four million dollars for yeah. snarl. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I'm I'm with you on it. I just don't think it's a it's as much. I don't think he is as much of a need as they need. I think they use a defenseman, sure, but not necessarily Zadorov. Uh, all right, and the last poll, who should the Bruins extend this season? Should it be Jeremy Swayman? Should it be Jake DeBrusque? Or should it be both players? 230 votes. Jeremy Swayman wins out at 60%, both players at 37%, and just 3% had just DeBrusque in this one. Um, Jeremy Swayman has been terrific. You see, if you're watching on YouTube, six wins uh, on the season, 169 goals against 944 save percentage he was even brilliant against the canadians uh in the one shoot uh, you know overtime loss he had so i you know i i i, I don't know i i want us they're going to extend swayman for sure not sure for how long or how much maybe six times six or something i don't know what it is debrusque is becoming more and more of an intriguing 
uh, situation as the days go by. He is because he hasn't produced. So, you know, you're not getting the production from him that you would hope. And that's causing you to, to pause when it comes to whether or not you should extend him. You know, if he's not going to be a, a first or second line winger that scores, you know, 20 to 30 uh, a year, then, you know, what are you getting out of him? You know, because he's not particularly physical. Uh, you know, when they asked him about it, he was talking about his chances, and he said he's just really not getting chances. So it's not like he's not burying grade A chances. He's just not getting chances. So that's worse to me yes. than just yeah. having bad puck luck and being like, oh, yeah, I'm getting plenty of chances. I'm just not burying. I'm hitting the goalie or I'm missing wide or whatever. He's not getting chances, which nope. that's a worse sign, in my opinion, right. than getting chances and missing them. So, um, you know, I don't know where you go from here. Do you know, do you extend the guy uh, if if he's not giving you what you want to get from a guy like that? And he's always been always been super, super streaky. And he's in one of those down streaks right now. And and hopefully he snaps out of it soon uh, for the Bruins sake and his sake in a contract year. Well, our new producer, Connor, brings up a good point off air. When he says that Tyler Bertuzzi wants to come back to Boston, he could potentially be in play. Do you, you know, take on Bertuzzi and and commit to him going forward and not DeBrusque? I mean, I really like Bertuzzi's game other than the fact that defensively he's a little bit of a liability. Yeah. Um, yes. So... You know, with the Bruins' defensive structure, can they survive that? I think they can because they do it with other guys on the team. Pasternak's, you know, not great defensively. Marchand, as much as people talk about his defense the last few years, is not really a defensive player. Um, so they can get by with having a few, few of those guys on the team. Um, but Bertuzzi would need to produce, and he's not producing in Toronto um, didn't really produce before he got to Boston. So, you know, he's had now a few years of kind of low production and he makes more than DeBrus does currently. So, right. you know, do you want to pay more money for possibly a guy who's going to give you the same or less than Jake? I don't know if you do. Um, he does add that kind of grittiness and, and he did have a pretty good playoff and, and, a and a second half of the season there for the Bruins. So, um, it would be interesting to see how that all shakes out. I think if I was going to spend the five and a half, I would not spend it on him. I would spend more money to get, you know, a guy like right. Nylander or Stamkos or somebody like that. That's, you know, out there that you, you would have to obviously pay more for. Um, but you get more production, you get a more well-rounded game, you get, you know, I, I just feel like those guys are, are better players, um, you know, going forward. So I would probably go in that route instead of Bertuzzi or, you know, another center like Bucci was talking about earlier, maybe a guy like Elias Lindholm out of uh, Calgary. Right, and you, you also have Fabian Lysel in the mix sure. next year where he plays right wing. He could be your second line right wing behind Pasternak. So you go out and get a left wing mm -hmm. uh, to sort of balance that out. So he plays a factor sure. in the thing too. Um, the thing about DeBrusque is I, I almost wonder if that comment about not getting chances, if he has it in his head that, you know, my centermen aren't really setting me up. And this mm -hmm. is something that we talked about and I talked about, and I, I hate to be Nostradamus, 
but I, but I am because <laughs> I said he was going to get less than 20 goals. And I just had a bad feeling because of the center play. Like this is where it would hurt a guy like the brusque. Mm-hmm. And I think it is. And I think he is in, is in a mode right now where he's like, I'm not getting grade eight chances, which is not a hundred percent true. I mean, he's had some, um, but he's not creating his, he's not someone who's going to create his own stuff. Number one, uh, you know, he, he might dangle through some people, but he doesn't do as much of the, you know, grind it out. He's not JBR in front of the net and that type of thing. Occasionally he will, but he doesn't do it enough. But I think the whole center thing, you know, in, in the whole playmaker type of situation with him is, is affecting him. And I think when he makes a comment like that, it almost leads me to believe like, you know, I'm not getting enough chances. And why is that, Jake? Like he, I don't think he'd throw himself under the bus. Right. I think it's, you know, it's just not coming to me. Well, why isn't it, Jake? So that's that's kind of where I'm at on him. There's a there's a couple things I think about when I think of Jake and his lack of production. And number one, it's and I apologize, someone brought this up on Twitter and I can't recall who it was, but they said uh, as soon as he comes off the first power play unit, dip. Right. And it's, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or, or what it is, but as soon as he comes off that first power play unit, his, his production tumbles. uh, Cause I don't know. They think they lost faith in him. The team lost faith in him, whatever it is. Um, So that's one. And then number two, when his legs aren't moving, like Jake DeBrus can move, he just floats and he's, and he's not as engaged in the game and doesn't have the same jump, and he's not winning pucks, and he's not forcing the defense to make uh, mistakes with the puck and, and cause turnovers. When he's causing turnovers in the offensive zone because of his skating and his forecheck, he's he's really good because he can get the puck down low, and he makes tight plays, and he's a better passer than than uh, you know people probably believe. Um, you know, there was a couple plays with Patra where he was just kind of like a little bit in the wrong spot from where the pass could come from. Like I remember one last night uh, that he uh, Patra was behind the net and Jake was alone in front, but he was directly in front of the net. And Patra right. didn't really have an angle to get it to the front of the net. So he passed it kind of off to the left of the net and Jake missed it because he wasn't kind of where he needed to be to accept that pass, even though he was all alone. So it's just little things like that where he's like slightly off in his game that are are causing him to, you know, have a poor year production-wise. And nobody loves to score goals more than Jake. Right. And we've said this before, like, this is, he's this simple of a player. Like, if he's not scoring, it affects everything else from him. I've never seen a player like this where it just affects everything about him and he gets so down in the dumps about it. And he, you know, he, you can tell by the way he celebrates, so he loves to score goals. That's his most favorite thing in, in, in hockey. Now, he's become a much better two way player. Sure. And he's a better two way player than Bertuzzi, and he's better than you think than a lot of people think, but he still is driven by scoring goals and he hasn't and it's affecting him. And he's a sensitive guy. There have been other things that have affected him too. Like he is sensitive and he was sensitive in the bubble. They had some mental health things. You know, he was sensitive with Cassidy. Now he's sensitive with this, like he's sensitive. Mm-hmm. So if things aren't going hundred percent, right, it affects him. Yeah. And that's just kind of what it is. So the thing is now, do you want to commit to a guy five years where this could be the ups and downs? I'm not sure you do. I'm not sure. Right. I, I mean, I really think he needs to kind of right the ship here 
and, and get things going in the right direction for them to consider it. Uh, I don't right. think they're going to be looking to give him, you know, five times five or five times five and a half if he's, uh, you know, kind of floating through and, and not producing what he's not worth five and a half because he doesn't win no. face offs. He doesn't do the same uh, 200 foot game that Charlie Coyle does to to, you know, make that price tag worth it. So, right. um, you know, we need. The Jake DeBrusselli season, we need that guy back. We need the we need the 100%. fired up, you know, banging the glass, tugging the jersey. We need Selly season, Jake DeBrusque back, not sensitive Jake DeBrusque. I'm gonna go pick to click. I'm going Saturday night against Montreal, DeBrusque scores, and some of the monkey comes off the back. I'm I'm going Saturday night against Montreal. This is where it happens. This is where it happens. We start seeing Selly, Selly season Jake. Okay. I love it. All right. Let's Saturday. do it. I'm in. Uh, Saturday night is also our Bender's Bar Down Live, our very first edition of Bender's Bar Down Live with a beer release at Lobs Brewing. We'll be there at 6 o'clock in Woonsocker, Rhode Island. We expect you all to be there. Yes, 6 we do. At Lobs Brewing in Woonsocket, there will be a beer release. At 6 o'clock, we will be doing our Bender's Bar Down Live on YouTube Live. And then at seven o'clock, watch party, Bruins watch party at Lops, Smitty and I, and all sorts of fun and shenanigans. All right, Centennial Season Spotlight. Uh, this is a historic 100. How about Johnny Boychuk? Oh, Johnny GB? Rocket. Johnny yeah. Rocket. Let's go. Johnny Rocket. Yeah, Johnny was uh, quite an underrated player in Bruins history, really. A, just a howitzer yeah. of a shot. A, jo- a, jo- a Johnny Rocket, if you will. Boards off footed. <laughs> Johnny, a, a, Johnny, a Johnny Rocket, if you if you will. Yeah, a Rocket, if you will. Sure. Yeah, a, a rock. He had that off footed, like comes off the boards and yeah. lets it rip. Always seemed to score on that thing. Like he was just uh, outstanding player. He was a second round pick of the Colorado Avalanche in two thousand two. Uh, his best season with the Bruins. Uh, looks like it was probably a 23-point season in 2013-14. Cup run, he had three goals, 13 assists, 16 points, wow. 69 games. Um, but a stalwart in the uh, postseason. Uh, in 2012-13, he had six goals in the playoffs in that run to, to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Johnny Boychek was something else. He had... Uh, he had three goals and six assists in the playoffs in 2011. A Stanley Cup champion, Johnny Boychuk. Yeah, uh, a really a, a, a great player and kind of an unappreciated guy, I think. Uh, he had kind of a, a little bit of a rabid fan base there, but, uh, you know, on the mm-hmm. whole, probably a little underappreciated for, for what he brought to the team. But, uh, you know, a great guy by all accounts and, and a Stanley Cup champion. So congrats to Johnny on making the all-centennial team. Pretty pretty cool. Absolutely. My right, Providence Bruins Beauty of the Week, the aforementioned Fabian Lysel, number one pick. Uh, I'm sorry, first-round pick, 21st overall. Uh, had a little bit of a down summer, not not much going on there, a little bit of an injury, had the concussion from last year's playoffs, still lingering, uh, didn't have a great preseason, gets down to camp. A lot of talk about Potra, obviously, low rye. Uh, but not much about Lysel. People starting to get down on him even. 
thinking that maybe he'd be a trade chip and mm-hmm. so forth. But he has come back now and his four goals and eight assists for 12 points in 13 games, shooting percentages up, playing a much more noticeable hockey and looking like the player many thought he'd be. Yeah, he's had multi-point games, I believe, in uh, you know the last few here. Um, he's really kind of put it together the last four, five, six games down in Providence. Started off a little slow, but he's really come on of late. Uh, and it's great to see. And, and people down there are saying, you know, if there's an injury, and hopefully there isn't with the forward core, that he might be the next guy called up if, if the Bruins need a wing. So, um, you know, good for him. And, and hopefully he continues to... To build on it and and what we've talked about a lot on this program is the consistency so now that he's played at this level we need to see it consistently see consistently at this level for him to continue to to play well and string you know game after game after game together and and that's what you know makes a difference between a 4a guy a triple a guy and, a, and an nhl guy so he's gotta he's gotta continue to uh improve his overall game and then you know keep producing at the rate that he is now yeah next year could you see a, a patra Merkulov lysel line <laughs> next year i don't know that's a lot of youth and inexperience I, I don't know a lot of youth and shaky defense yeah i don't i'm yeah. not sure you're doing a that lot. but uh no, they'll probably spread those guys out but i wouldn't i wouldn't mind seeing those guys all get a shot with the bronze sure i think patra will could happen yeah patra yeah. will be around and and Merkulov yeah. is is playing well as well down there uh, and Lysel certainly, you know, has the pedigree of, of being a first round pick and so forth. So, uh, yeah, it would be good to see all those guys kind of um, hop in. And then the Bruins could spend some money on some big free agents if yeah, they had, uh, you, you know, some for some some of their draft picks kind of come up here and, and they could pay them short money and and then the Bruins could spend. So. Let's uh, let's I'd root really for that. Like to, I'd really like to see them get Nylander. I, I think Me too. Maple Leafs would be foolish not to resign him. Yeah, I mean, trade whoever you need to trade. Uh, I think they'd be foolish too. But if he got, if he ever got to a point where he was going to be available, I think that's the guy you go for. I mean, he's just a really good player. He's what they need. I mean, him with Pasternak would be just dynamic as hell. Sure, uh, I'm all in. I'm yeah, that. I'm, that's that's the guy I would want to because he's young, and he's a pass. He's a passer. He's a great passer, but he also can finish. He has great hands, um, you know, and I think he would buy into the Bruins, you know, defensive structure and so forth. So I really think he would be a great fit for the Bruins, not necessarily a center, but, uh, you know, can really pass the puck and, and play make and drive a line. So uh, if, it's, if it was up to me, that's what I'm doing. But I think the Maple Leafs will do what they can to try to re-sign him. Uh, but if you're trading a guy... You know, you're not going to trade John Tavares, the hometown, you know, captain of the team, in order to re-sign Nylander. At least I don't think you will uh, if you're them. So uh, that puts them in an interesting spot there where they kind of have some tough decisions to make this offseason. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, prospect spotlight, former Bruins Benders guest, Michael DiPietro. Uh, and he has been outstanding. How about three games, two wins, 2.00 goals against for the Bruins in Providence, a nine, three, five save percentage lately has been better than Brandon Bussey. Uh, and he was a trade exchange for Jack Stadnicka. In case you haven't noticed, Jack was recently waived and then passed through waivers with the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, I mean, somehow the Bruins seem to find goaltenders, don't they? Don't they? They, they I mean, seem they to know how to identify and then and then develop. Yeah, 
identify them and develop. I mean, they, they've had a really good run, you know, the last, I don't know, call it what, 10, 15 years from, from, at least, you know, from Thomas to Tuca to Bussy to Kyle Kaiser, Dan Vladar, they ended up being able to trade for something, you know, um, other than Malcolm Subban, they've done, they've done really well (laughs) as far as picking and developing goaltenders. They were hoping, you know, some of PK's genes and, and so forth would rub yeah, off on Malcolm there. And, and, and Still an odd, still an odd pick. It was still very odd. Pick. It was a very, Especially with what you had. Yeah, it was, I mean, so it was a very, an odd pick. it was a very strange yeah. pick. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, they, they really do a good job with the goaltending there. And uh, you know, if he doesn't, you know, get, uh, you know, crack the lineup and, and play more in Providence or, or get up to Boston, they could certainly, you know, entertain trading him for something of value. Cause there's, plenty of teams around the league that could use some goaltending help. So uh, the more goaltending uh, that you can develop, you know, the better off you'll be yeah. as far as um, being able to trade some of it possibly. And, and then yeah. uh, having some in the pipeline for when you need it. Yeah. I mean, top 30 prospects, you look at them, we've got four in there with Bussy and DiPietro and Sved back at Providence college right. and, and Reed Dick mm-hmm. uh, in the WHL. So, you know, they, and, and Reed Dick has been much improved. Mm-hmm. I mean, his numbers where he was viewed as a real project and yeah. an athletic guy, but his numbers are very good this year, come a long way. So, like you said, they're doing something right there with the with the with the development, drafting and development of these guys. And we're happy for Mikey. We had him on. We enjoyed talking to him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's a guy that uh, you know was sort of had a raw deal in Vancouver. Uh, you could tell he wasn't super thrilled about it. Yeah. But now we have a really good opportunity to be coached well and be in a good organization for goaltenders. So good for him. Um, all right, week ahead. Uh, coming up, and it's the uh, Montreal Canadiens on Saturday, and that will be us, the two of us, Maddie and Smitty. You sure will. Lops Brewing. Yeah. Uh, to watch that Bruins watch party on Saturday night, the 18th, at Lops Brewing in uh, Woonsocket, and we will be on at uh, six o'clock doing the Bender's Bar Down Live mm-hmm. on YouTube live and then we'll be watching the game right there at lops with our new beer the bar down new england ipa yeah can't wait uh it's gonna be a great time i really strongly suggest all the people in the woonsocket area to come on over and join us uh even if you don't live in rhode island uh if you live in mass or new hampshire or maine uh whatever connecticut vermont travel from all over come stay in woonsocket uh plenty of room for everyone Come down. Uh, I was. Sh- I should have told Bucci when he mentioned uh, Brian Boucher and and Brian Berard to say, you know, your buddies with Boucher. Invite him yeah. over to the. Invite him over to yeah. Lops. Uh, it'd be great to have Brian Boucher show up. We could talk a little puck and and watch the yeah. game and and enjoy some beers. So uh, yeah, uh, it should be a, yeah. should be a real good time and uh, really looking forward to it. Yeah, we hope to see some uh, some Benders fans yeah. out there. That loves brewing. We can all get uh, bent together. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just get bent yeah. together. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning on Monday, the November the 20th in Tampa Bay. And then on Wednesday, the 22nd, they will be at Florida taking on the Panthers nemesis uh, on the 22nd. So this is a little bit of a tough stretch. We have Canadians, Lightning, Panthers, Red Wings, Rangers, 
in a row. Tough, tough little stretch here for the 12, one and two Boston Bruins who are off to just another unbelievable start last year through 15 games, 13 and two and this year, 12, one and two. It's just really ridiculous. And Jim Montgomery with Boston, 77, 13 and seven uh, as head coach of the Bruins is unprecedented. I mean, it, it really is. It's ridiculous. It really is. I mean, uh, uh, they've, they, I, I don't even really know how to describe it. Like they just find ways to win when they don't play well. They show up most nights though. And, and, and give an honest effort most nights. Like they, there yeah. aren't you usually a lot of nights where you're like, they just sucked from beginning to end in that one. Right. There'll be stretches right. where they're not good, but there's right. never really a game the entire game where you're like, wow, they sucked for 60 minutes in that one. They just yeah. didn't show up, didn't have anything. Um, they usually give a, an honest effort. And I think a lot of that goes back to the culture started with Chara and Bergeron and, and Claude Julian and Butch Cassidy before these guys and, and kind of ingrained mm-hmm. that in the Bruins players and, and the, the culture that they built over there that they sustain now with Marshan and McAvoy and Carlo, who's playing the best hockey of his life right now, playing out of his right. mind. Great, great yeah. hockey. Uh, and then teaching it to the young guys that come up and, and Patra and Lowry and those guys get to learn. Uh, under guys like Marshan and McAvoy and, and Carlo. And, and uh, you know, it's just a cycle that hopefully will continue for a long, long time because it's, uh, it's nice to see, uh, especially in a town like Boston, that really, um, more than anything, wants you to put forth an effort. Like, there's nothing yes. Boston fans hate more than people that mail it in. Uh, yeah. so if you're going to come and compete and give an honest effort, even if you're not good enough, um, you know, and you're going to fight and scrap and claw and try to win, you know, the fans for the most part will be behind you. Uh, yes. so if, if, uh, you know, hopefully this can continue for, uh, for quite a while. Yeah. Blue collar effort is what they yeah. like. And it's a blue collar city and that's what they, that's what they love. They've always loved it. They'll even love you more than a more talented player. <laughs> Uh, if you, to be honest, yeah. uh, if you, uh, if you just come with more, more energy and toughness and, and fight for the city and the, and the logo, uh, all right, go to inside the rink.com for Bruins, Benders, merchandise, there's shirts, there's hoodies, there's hats and mugs and stickers and coasters. Oh my, uh, all of it right there on the website. Follow us on social media at Bruins Benders game updates on Twitter. Subscribe to the inside the rank YouTube page. Go ahead and hit subscribe. For those of you watching, we appreciate you watching and listening and we'll be back again. Hey, Saturday night on YouTube, check it out. Uh, we will be live at 6 PM. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.